Should your LinkedIn match your resume? What if you have an employment gap? How do you write your resume if you're entering a new field? These are some of the questions we answer in today's episode, and we'll be giving you tactical advice with 15-year HR professional and resume writer, Matt Warzel. My name is Chris Fianueva, and this is the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. What I'm going to do now is turn it over to our Austin Job Seekers community here. Um, if we have some brave volunteers who want to unmute themselves and ask Matt a question, now would be the time. We're going to take about six to six to seven minutes here to ask questions. Uh, so go ahead and fire away, please. Uh, this is Grayson in Austin. I've got a question about LinkedIn and um, if you should uh, be tailoring LinkedIn for each job that you're trying to apply for. Because um, right now I just have everything in there. And do you need to call it for each job that you're trying to get? Yeah, good question. And you know, here's a battle in our world of does LinkedIn match resume? I'm a proponent of LinkedIn matching your resume because as a recruiter, if I'm on the go, I got your name of Grayson. If I got Grayson and I'm like, this guy's perfect, I'm going to go to the hire manager. And if they got your LinkedIn open and they look at him and they're like, which Grayson is it? You're making them stop what they're doing to assess you as a candidate, to figure out if it's the same person or not. And it's just like a whole ball of like, I've never seen someone not get an interview because their LinkedIn didn't match the resume. And I know um, you had mentioned something about the playfulness. Don't be cute. You could be cute on Facebook. You could be cute on Twitter. LinkedIn and, and your resume should be professional because when I've been in interview rooms, as soon as you let your guard down, you lose opportunities sometimes because you get a little friendly, right? You start to play up to these people and you're like, oh, you know, everyone, we're all getting along. That stuff can come back and bite you. So don't do it. Don't be cute. And you as being a jack of all trades, it sounds like just figure out a focus and then start massaging your LinkedIn to show transferable skills or that focus as your main point. I wouldn't make it a jack of all or jill of all trades, even your resumes, because those, are kind of, those days are kind of gone. People don't want people that can do everything nowadays. There might be roles. Don't get me wrong. Smaller firms, fine. That's a different scenario. I'm just talking about the general idea is that you want to cater it towards whatever you're going for. So I would start cutting stuff out and adding things that, you know, without lying, adding stuff that matters towards your target role. Having said that though, I'm still trying to find the best way to position a candidate that might have two hats or three hats that they want to pursue and which one to use for LinkedIn. So right now I've just been having my clients decide which one you want for your LinkedIn because I have not been able to kind of find that. And that's kind of stuff where we're always learning too in the resume world, what's going to work best and pragmatic. So for your best bet is start getting it more focused and, and drop stuff that's not going to be towards that focus. I want to speak up for uh, someone in the chat box here because this was a really good question from uh, Ted. It's what about gaps in employment? What if I have a gap in employment? How do I address that in the resume? Okay, I guess it's tough. It's not always cut and dry. It's not because everybody, I have to look at your whole story and figure out what I'm going to leave and and what I'm going to leave out. And that's kind of why you pay us to write resumes because this is the thinking we do, the critical thinking. But I always like to maybe set up a combinational resume. I guess that'll be like my generic answer. Combinational resumes are pretty cool because now I'm able to take some of the stuff that you've done maybe in the 90s or 2000s that's not relevant anymore and get it into the forefront of the resume without having to have that as the shining beacon at the bottom of the resume because it's old work history. So you can even essentially just take those previous work history stuff and just put it into a previous work history and then leave all the current stuff as a regular experience. And then wherever the gap is, 
you can either A, fill it in with what you were doing. So if it's uh, volunteering, maybe you were doing continuing education. You know, if you were looking for work, did you do any freelancing? Did there anything at all that you could have done to fill the gap? And if not, do something so you can say you did. Because it's best to have every gap filled in if you can. Love it. Thanks so much. If you have any questions for the podcast about this topic, please go ahead and speak up. I have a question about um, entering a completely new uh, field. Um, I wondered if you had any pointers or suggestions um, for, yeah, making yourself not seem or look completely inexperienced. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. Again, that's kind of what Grayson, we all saying to him about your transferable skills. So, um, if you are going from corporate to nonprofit, let's say, you know, um, in corporate world, you know, there's some things that you might've been doing that directly relate, whether it's maybe you did some PR and community outreach there and held events, uh, light event planning, or, um, some of the technical stuff that might translate. Maybe you got to design graphics or something light graphics, whatever. So think in terms of here's what I've done at this company that's a corporate, I should say, what's your situation? I'd rather just have it directly with, with what you're doing. What, what are you? Yeah, well, for years I was um, a professional actor, but did other work, you know, on the side to pay bills, which most recently was working as a sales rep and brand ambassador at events and in stores. And um, so now I'm moving into, I'm applying for UX design jobs, brand identity design mm-hmm. jobs. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And it definitely, and I'm in SAG also. So oh, nice to meet you. Hey, very cool. <laughs> so that's very technical, right? UX and that kind of user experience and account management side. And if you're going to go into the, even the more of the software side of things. So your best bet is a lot of academia based stuff, whatever you're doing to become an expert in UI or UX. I know you're not an expert level, but you're trying to get to that level, right? So all your continuing education you've done, be very mindful of the courses names, what the stuff you're learning is. Because again, we spin words on resumes. So then it doesn't say you're an expert in it. It just says you acquired knowledge of it or you gained uh, academic experience in and you can list this stuff. So because if a hiring manager knows that they want someone that they can train in this kind of stuff, you'll have a shot at getting that interview. If it's somebody that's two years minimum doing this work at some other company, it's, you know, you're not going to have a chance because they just flat out said they don't want to train anybody. So, I mean, you got to be mindful of where you're going to apply for those kind of roles. But if I were you, I would just look at the UX world. What are all the things that fall under it and what don't you know and start filling in those gaps and collecting this information for your resume, put it on your word, just little dashes say, Hey, I just learned, you know, Salesforce or whatever the stuff that technical stuff that you'd be working with and any sort of you know, skills that were processes or projects or things you did during school, even if it was assignment and you had to do A-B testing or you just, you know, trials of things for you to kind of start working through this kind of detail-oriented thinking, track that stuff. Don't just learn it and forget it. I mean, you're probably not going to anyway because you're trying to hone as much and squeeze as much out of the juice, but, but it's like track that on a word and say, hey, I did A-B testing. I did regression analysis. I did more modeling and forecasting on Excel, complex stuff, like start writing, you know, if you've done macros or whatever, um, cause those are the words again that associate with this world or, you know, whatever words you're looking at for and start collecting these for your toolbox. Matt, just want to say thanks so much for joining us on the show. Your answers 
were spot on. And I don't always agree with everything that every other resume writer does, but I think you and I are in sync with a lot of things when it comes to resume writing. So just want to say thanks. I thought you were spectacular. Hey, thank you very much for having me. It was fun. All right. That just wraps it up for today. Thanks so much for tuning into the Career Warrior podcast. Hope you found this to be useful answering questions such as should your LinkedIn match your resume and other helpful tips here. I just want to say thank you to Matt Warzel for being a featured guest for these last two episodes. Always enjoy his energy and really respect his level of expertise there. I'll make sure to link also his website as well as some other helpful resources for you. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'll see you next time. 